Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is uh, producer Drew. Um, so this was our first episode with a remote guest, and um, the experiment was, I would say, uh, a eighty percent success. <laughs> uh, near the end of the episode, you'll notice um, the audio quality will change a little bit um, on our guests, and um, it was uh, just something that was unavoidable, really nobody's fault. Um, but everything is definitely uh, perfectly understandable uh, and and listenable. Uh, but you'll just notice that in the last uh, about 15 minutes of the episode. Uh, cheers. Enjoy. Halloween is more than a spooky experience. This week, Atwood Magazine explores the way our seasonal frights mingle by pairing ghostly albums with creepily delicious cocktail recipes. We invite you to bring out your inner ghoul as we approach the music we love from a devilish, frightening, and thoroughly spoopy perspective. So throw on your favorite costume and enjoy a cold one on us. I am your host, Anthony, and I am dressed in my favorite Halloween costume, that of a successful journalist. And I have my best friends here to enjoy the season with me as we dive into Tunes and Tumblers on this most hallowed of eves. And they are... (laughs) Ryan, your music connoisseur. Pedro, your mixologist. Thank you for that audio candy corn you just gave us (laughs) you're welcome i actually wrote it down this time instead of winging it um but uh we wouldn't be complete without a special guest joining us all the way from skype she's a former event coordinator at rubens brews and current bartender at aslan brewing in seattle she also teaches beer classes at seattle beer school does beer-based social media and hosts the podcast cheers to beers all while studying for her level two cicerone certification oh and did i mention she's a beer judge for the BJCP. Please welcome to the pod, Jess Kellerpool. Thank you so much for joining us, Jess. Hi, guys. Wow. I'm so excited. What we up? are too. This is, a, this is a big one for us. We're trying. Yeah? Yeah, because we've never had someone who's not in, not only not in the same room, but not in the same state with us. Also not in the same like, true. level of, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> of knowledge about Just, alcohol. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going someplace completely different with that. Oh, no. <laughs> She's like a pro. We are amateurs. I'm trying. I mean, like, alcohol and drinking and bartending, like, it's all so subjective, which is why it's so much fun. So it's like mm. you don't have to be a professional. Like, what you guys are doing is awesome, you know? So that's what it's about. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean... Thank you for joining us. We we know a little bit about alcohol while Pedro does, but we're definitely, yeah, we're not beer experts by any means. And we thought, (laughs) you know, if we're going to actually have a beer episode, we need someone who understands it because that's not us. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'm here to provide the knowledge. Perfect. (laughs) But before we can do that, we need to catch up. It's been a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, Seriously. Yeah, for us, I mean, we all went to school together, but um, Jess, I saw you, like, I want to say three years ago by accident. Um, I Dude, walked... that was 
that was unreal. <laughs> yeah. I, so for, for our listeners, um, I was at Ruben's like three years ago celebrating my birthday and we were just sitting there uh, and having a beer and I'm like, I saw you behind the bar and I'm like, I think I went to school with that girl. And I like wasn't sure because it had been so long. I'm like, you know what? I've had a lot to drink. I'm going to go up and just be like, hey, is that is that you, Jess? <laughs> you did when you I saw you in line and I was like, holy shit, is that Anthony? And then when you came to my uh, POS, you were like, what's your name? <laughs> I was like, Anthony, it's Jess. <laughs> oh, yes. But for you guys, how long has it been? Oh, God. Uh, it's probably been like seven years, I think. Jess and I have a similar background in radio. We were both at the radio yes. station at our alma mater. And Jess had one of the best shows, I think. Oh, it yes. was a good time. Yeah. What was the name of your show again? Um, Ad Infinitum. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes. we just played whatever the fuck we wanted. It was like music with no limits. Um, yeah, with our whole goal was just to have a good time. Like every time we got in the studio, sometimes there'd be a person before us that had all the lights really low and it was all quiet and tired. And we're like, screw this lights up. Like, oh, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Absolutely. Absolutely. Fucking Luli. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. it was just all about having a good time. I but very quickly before we continue, I think we need to, we need to uh, give a pre-warning here. There might be some noise in the background because mm-hmm. we have chosen um, to record in a haunted, dilapidated building in Boyle Heights <laughs> that was the site of a, um, of a mass suicide. And so there's tons <laughs> of bumping, there's tons of machinery, and we've done this to stay in character with the album we're going to be talking about mm-hmm. today. So we want you all to know that, and know that it's part of it, and that we expected it and welcome it. So don't complain. Don't email us. Um, <laughs> don't add us. Up. Don't add us. Just a heads up. <laughs> Our sound guy's gonna. Drew is gonna have an aneurysm here in a second. But I, I think we're. Well, I think it's, it's good. It's all part. Yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, so it's all part of the plan. So anyway, just throwing that out there. And back, back to. Yeah, but before yes. we do a little bit of catching up, I just wanted to mention. I remember uh, me and my friends listening to your show one night, and you just had Matt and Kim tickets that you were giving away, and we had to call yeah. in. We had to call in and answer a question, and we got the question wrong, but you still gave us the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Nepotism at its best. Yes, it was perfect. It was a great show. Thank you for that. Matt yeah. And also, when we would give away concert tickets, we would just do the most random things. We'd be like, call in and give us your best impression of a Black Panther. Like, just things that didn't make any sense because we just had tickets to give away. Give me your social security number, please, and home address. <laughs> yeah, the first four of your credit card. All right. So, yeah, let's uh, let's catch up a little bit. It's been a while for us, yeah. too. Three weeks, not as long as since I've seen you. But um, so, guys, what have you been listening to recently? Oh boy, I forgot to have I, this prepared, Ryan. You what, <laughs> haven't, what, haven't, what haven't we listened to? Really, I've been li- I've been finally getting into the uh, Lana Del Rey album. Oh yes, uh, been diving into that Norman uh, Norman fucking Rockwell, um, <laughs> and uh, I think that's a new thing to have an exclamation point behind your album title now, right? I mean, Hosier had the you know Wasteland baby, <laughs> and now it's uh, Norman fucking Rockwell. So. Um, I'm digging it. I love the kind of the sarcasm behind it and it's been it's been good as it gets overcast. So what have I been listening to? Um well, 
we all know that 2020 is going to be a big year for the dying dinosaurs of rock. Um, the Hella Mega Tour is coming with Green Day and yeah. Fallout Boy and Weezer, who all released tracks on the same day a couple of weeks ago. And I've been going through those. Um, I really dig Green Day's in particular, uh, Father of All. Um, it sounds a little bit more like Foxborough Hot Tubs than they usually go. Yes. Like, yeah garage rock you know billy joe's got that falsetto he's definitely using a lot of like his side projects to influence this oh yeah and like good because they tried to recapture the american idiot heyday with uh revolution radio and really it's it's an okay record but it doesn't hold up and i don't find myself going back to it yeah well like on that, I also think like doing Unidos Trey was like a good idea because it seemed like they sort of purged everything that they wanted to do, got it done, and now they're doing something different. Perfect. Well, anyway, that's what I'm doing. Um, Pedro, what about you? Oh, you so I'm a huge Steven Universe fan, and Drew, I see you wearing that shirt, and I love it. We were just talking about <laughs> yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I fucking <laughs> love Steven Universe so much, and I watched the movie a couple weeks ago, I think, and it was great. Um, my favorite part about Steven Universe is the music. The music is fucking incredible. Um, and the the soundtrack is on Spotify, so I've been listening to that a lot. I'm honestly not a huge musicals fan, to be honest, but I uh, I love Steven Universe so much, and the soundtrack it's different. is great. But, yeah. I don't know, there's something about those. It's not like musically. It is... Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just saying before we started recording that I got married last year and my husband and I's first dance was to, thank you, uh, was to Love Like You because we love the wow. show and that song is so precious. And, I need you yeah. to stop because that is like, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, you and me, it's weird that we've never met before. <laughs> because we've been reading each other's minds all mm-hmm. week. The it's whole time. Crazy. And we'll get into that when we talk about the drink, but it's been amazing. <laughs> but yeah, Love Like You is like an ideal first dance song yeah but the the soundtrack yeah it's the thing i love about steven universe music is it while it does explain what's going on it does it in such like a poetic way like it's yes uh, and you can you can listen to these songs apart from knowing what the show's about and it would still be good music absolutely um so i've been really into the 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 movie soundtrack lately Steven fucking universe. Cool. He's the shit. I love him so much. <laughs> so wait, now that we know that that was your first dance, we don't have to go too deep, but I want to know what the other choices were in your wedding. So <laughs> what was the, did you do a garter toss? No, we did none of that. I mean, our wedding was For pretty best, non-traditional probably. in the sense that it was super small. It was um, at my uh, in-laws property. They live up on one of the islands in the San Juan Islands in Washington state. Uh, with like a ton of property so we were just like out in the forest like everything was super diy wow that's um, dope jeff have yeah, a generator so, for it to get the music going uh no because we hired a live band i hired a uh, jazz band from university of washington they were like grad students did they nice. play love like you live what's that did they play love like you live yes Holy wow shit. Okay. this is like a new level yeah <laughs> that's amazing that's wow. well that is so cool. But in addition to that, like, what have you been listening to recently, Jess? What could... Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I've kind of been in a little bit of a rut. And um, mostly because I ride my bike to work. I've been riding my bike, like, all summer. So I need something to listen to that's keeping my energy up while I'm on a bike ride and, like, getting me stoked and ready to go into work. 
And so I've just been kind of like struggling to find something that matches my mood in that sense. So I've kind of been listening to Era, which is a, like a metalcore band, uh, mm. just because they get me going. They don't have any recent albums. I think their last album was in 2018. Um, but that just is something that gets me going. Um, I actually went on a little bit of a Misfits kick because they just had a concert just a little bit south of Seattle um, with, like, the OG band, like, Danzig and everything. That's right, yeah. Um, so I did a little bit of Misfits uh, recently. Um, I don't know. I, I think I've been into things that are really, like, funky, jazzy, R&B kind of feel, like Anderson Pock, um Things like, uh, even like Blood Orange, which is funny because we'll get into Blood Orange <laughs> later in the show. <laughs> um, uh, Steve Lacey, uh, people like show. that that are just like, yeah, easy listening, but like interesting, funky, got some different things going on. So, yeah. and then the other thing I've been listening to, which is so random, it's so nerdy, is I've been listening, I've been finding uh, playlists on Spotify that are like Nintendo lo-fi remixes. Fuck <laughs> yeah! I don't know, like... <laughs> it's just like so much fun to listen to. It's easy to like put on and do some work or like do some studying or whatever. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm kind of all over the place. Beautiful. That's eight, a that's eight bit Neil Diamond remix. <laughs> Dude, Sticker Brush Symphony probably like the best Nintendo song ever. Oh, Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. Wow. And Jess, if you don't know, the way that uh, Tunes and Tumblers works is that anytime you mention an artist or a song on the podcast, that goes onto our um, companion Spotify playlist. So just get nuts with it. Yep, this is going (laughs) to, we're going to have a lot. It's going to be a colorful one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully we can keep it into theme with the holiday moving forward. Um, But in order to do that, we need to get into the bar. If you don't know, Tunes and Tumblers is a bar. It is our bar. And in order to get into the bar, um, we need to get past the bouncer. The bouncer is, well, I mean, he's not really a, a friend of ours, but he is a constant character in our lives. He, he moves in and out of it. He's my rock. He is the it of our <laughs> lives. He haunts us. He causes all kinds of problems constantly. <laughs> And his name is Gerald Highwater, and we need to show him your ID if we're going to get into the bar. Um, okay, well, both of these are... I have two. Is that okay? That's Absolutely. totally... If one doesn't work, we're going to just shove the other one in his face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this was uh, my vertical ID from California. Um, oh, wow. This is... I look so like angry and my hair is so fucking scenester okay let's see if you guys can see this oh wow oh shit yes oh that's like catch me outside (laughs) 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 oh that's good very good the other one i have i don't even know like what this is from it's a ucsb id but it's not an access card um Uh Associated students. Apparently, I was in Associated Students. You didn't even know that you were in AS. (laughs) You just woke up one day and you were like planning the lineup for extravaganza. That's what the flow of drugs is like (laughs) into that campus. (laughs) So, same look but better mood. Because here I'm smiling. Yes, man, dude, I used to wear so much eyeliner. Look at that shit. I feel like we were friends like for a lot of your college experience, but I don't remember you ever looking like that. (laughs) (laughs) This had to have been like freshman year or something, because my hair looked like that in high school. 
Okay, yeah. I mean, we all made questionable choices in high school. I made questionable choices. Last week. Oh whatever. man, <laughs> my my ID, like even my passport photo. So I was like twenty two, twenty three, in that. Like I look at my haircut. I'm like, what the fuck? Was I going to like a student who was cutting my hair? Just <laughs> yeah, you like went to somebody camp- campus cuts. I went to the Paul Mitchell school. Like somebody just dipped cut. some straw in honey and just threw it on my head. Like. <laughs> But we can get into that later. Um, well, it looks like Gerald um, either isn't paying attention or he's he's okay with this. He's really into his book. Yep. <laughs> Always bringing a book that he's Gerald. Reading flowers, just, uh, he's reading Flowers uh, of Algernon. Algernon. Flowers, flowers for Algernon. For Algernon. <laughs> yeah. Just, just so going. Just going. Just, just, <laughs> welcome to our bar. Um, um. Yes. It's it's uh it, it may be a little divey and it may look a lot like a living room, but it's our home. And uh, let's get the mood started. Ryan, tell okay. us what is on the jukebox today. So today we are listening to In the Flat Field, the debut album from the Godfathers of Goth, the Sultans of Sadism. The Goth Fathers. The Goth Fathers. Bauhaus, folks, mm. ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Bauhaus. Influenced by dub reggae, German expressionism, and the Velvet Underground, this album laid the foundation for what many know as gothic rock today. <laughs> uh, a flurry of dirgy guitars, tribal drums, possessed vocals. The record combined the abrasive sound of punk with the theatricality of glam and a penchant for the dark, spooky, and disturbing, as Trebelzine so eloquently puts it. Um, this is a group so committed to the darkness that they toured in a hearse, which they called the Bauhurst Mobile. Oh my God! Really? Wow. Oh, you can't you make that shit up. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, you know, Screaming Jay Hawkins had the skull canes and did and came out on stage in a coffin, but I don't think he toured in a hearse. So, little bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Little I, I, <laughs> poser. So, so many of you might know this group from their first single, "A Certain Bella Lugosi's Dead," a brooding nine-minute tribute to the Hungarian-American actor who famously portrayed Dracula in the 30s. So before we dive in, we're going to give a little bit of history on this. And um, dear listeners, the group initially called itself Bauhaus 1919, named after the German art movement in the year of its inception. Banded up using the Bauhaus school's black and white face logo as its own, formed by a couple of friends, just like us. Friends! (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Daniel Ash and David Askins, who convinced their friend Peter Murphy... Uh, to join the band, mostly because he had the right look. And if you've seen photos of him, (laughs) boy, did he. (laughs) Um, Boy, he did. (laughs) Despite having no experience as a musician, he agreed and ended up co-writing the song In the Flat Field in the first weekend of rehearsals. And the rest, they say, folks, is history. History. House. Um, <laughs> and this album received crucial support from the sound from sounds uh, the publication Sounds and John Peel. While I had that, um, NME hated it when it first came out. They called it Nine Meaningless Moans and Flails. And the top of the Pops announcer said, we've indulged this band just a little too much at this point. <laughs> that said, they touched just about everybody who can um, call themselves goth at this point. And that's there you have it, folks. That's what we got in the earbuds. That's what we have. That's what we're losing our hearing over today. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real mood up in here. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
That's <laughs> what we have in our heads. We're, uh, like we're doing a silent a silent disco tonight at Tunes and Tumblers. <laughs> <laughs> just got our, our headphones plugged in and, and we're and we're kind of just swaying a little bit with our heads down, just thinking about like how unfair our lives are as drinking coffee, smoking mm-hmm. cigarettes. Sucks <laughs> I had to go to the mall with my mom to pick up her dry cleaning. <laughs> dude, life sucks, dude. Fuck. I found a cat skeleton today. <laughs> Well, the music sounds appropriate for uh, for for this um, time of year, but that's not the only thing that Tunes and Tumblers has to offer. And we have someone here who knows beer, and someone here who knows how to mix cocktails, how to put beer in things. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yep. So I don't know. I got this crazy idea. What if we take those two things and we? Oh man, maybe we shouldn't. What if we put them together? (laughs) Can we make a drink? Can we make a drink that goes with gothic rock and Halloween? It's a little too crazy. Jess, do you want to do you want to take the lead on this? Um. Okay. Sure. Um, So yeah, when I was thinking, we pretty much thought the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Uh, Yeah. So when we were thinking about this, I definitely wanted to incorporate beer into a cocktail. I didn't just want to talk about beer because this is tunes and tumblers um so the hardest thing about incorporating beer into a cocktail that i discovered is um carbonation you 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 don't shake up beer you don't want to be like mixing it a lot that just causes disasters um so initially i was thinking what's going to be the easiest way in terms of a flavor profile and also how to not interfere with the cocktail's body itself um, so I, we kind of tossed a few things around, but we landed on sticking with a, uh, kettle sour, um, which is a Goza. It's a German style kettle sour that is made with, uh, sea salt and coriander. So there's already a few ingredients in there that kind of make it a little bit more complex. And for those who aren't familiar with sour beer, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's sour. Uh, but the cool thing about Gozas and Berliner Weisses, which are like same family, is that they're really low ABV. So you're always going to find them between 3 and 4%. So they're awesome for summertime because you can just slam them all day until you get heartburn. And um, and I thought it would just add a really nice acidic touch. It could be like the acidity aspect of a cocktail. So when uh, Pedro and I were texting each other about this, somehow Blood Orange was both in our mind and uh, suggested that. And like I had said, I wanted to do a lighter body, like sour ale to incorporate the acidity for a cocktail. Um, so blood orange, it's like a winter citrus. It's definitely starting to come into season right now. And then also, you know, blood because gore and goth and Halloween (laughs) and everything fun like that. So yeah, that's what we started with. And then we're like, okay, so what's going to go well with a light bodied sour citrus ale? And we both immediately thought a dry gin was going to work best with that. And I also kind of like the aspect of using a dry gin because that's the style that's used in London a lot. Like mm-hmm. London dry gin is what you're seeing when you order. It's like uh, how bourbon's from Kentucky. Like dry gin is London. Exactly. And since we're talking about like OG goth bands and Bauhaus and their British bands, it just kind of like all came together really nicely. Yeah, it was pretty perfect. Wow. Yeah. So what are we calling this cocktail that we have in front of us? We even had the same idea on that. <laughs> Yes, I like I don't Jeez. understand how like you were reading my mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we went with Bloody Martyr. Ooh. Um, you know, uh, definitely to as an allusion to one of the songs on the album. 
and also because bloody because we're doing blood orange goza and bloody is like a britishism you know yep. so it's just all coming together fam mm-hmm. this is beautiful and we've also got a little bit of rosemary muddled in there and i looked it up and rosemary apparently was carried by people like to funerals and i think death and decay is like a big Ooh. sort of thing like sort of a, definitely a theme in this album um and to sort of represent the decay i do have some dried oranges on there that look like they're just dead as fuck so this is kind of perfect <laughs> well uh after uh, a couple of these, I feel like I'm going to be dead as fuck. <laughs> uh, but before we uh, toast, can you give our listeners, uh, Pedro, just a very quick recipe? I mean, they can look it up oh, yeah. in the accompanying article if they felt like it, but some people don't have that time. <laughs> All right. So what it is, is it's uh, you mix a, you muddle a good amount of rosemary in there, sort of to taste as you like, but I would use as a good like at least an ounce i think of like rosemary leaves um you muddle that really well you get uh two ounces of gin in there you throw some ice on that with uh two and a half ounces of blood orange juice and you stir that for a while get those things mixed up really well um and then you double strain that into a glass today we're using these like big dramatic um stemmed glasses because why the hell not it's goth um (laughs) And then you pour about two ounces of goza in there. Um, I think, uh, Jess, you're using Anderson Valley, correct? Yeah, so that was our my main idea. I was trying to find a brewery that distributed both in Seattle and L.A. Uh, Anderson Valley is in Northern California, so I knew they... And they're kind of like one of the first gozas I think I ever had. They were kind of making this style. This style used to kind of be dead. It was very like a historical style. Um, and it's kind of coming back into the mainstream because people are discovering that if you don't really like the traditional taste of beer, sour beer is kind of a good way to get into it. Um so yeah, I have the Anderson Valley Blood Orange, and which Goza did you guys pick up? Um, I picked up the Avery Brewing Company, uh, El Goza. Right. And that one was made with lime, right? Yeah, this one's like a lime, like a very citrusy, um, more of a neutral yeah. flavor than like the Blood Orange from the Anderson Valley. For sure. The Blood Orange is pretty mild on my end, too, so mm-hmm. it kind of just works out super nicely. And this yeah. is a pretty light-bodied cocktail. I mean, yeah. like... Easy to drink for sure. And I think my favorite thing about doing this is I have my Goza can on the side. So like as my cocktail kind of depletes a little bit, I can just keep on topping it off with my Goza. (laughs) I was doing the same thing when I was (laughs) testing it out yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, you have the whole can, might as well. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's, uh, that's our cocktail, the Bloody Martyr. Well, it looks bloody delicious. (laughs) Cheers, everyone. (laughs) Cheers. 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 Clink. <laughs> we just uh, hit all of our glasses against the computer screen, and now I need a new computer. Now it's cracked. <laughs> Damn you, HP. Bad luck. Well, I do. I know. I know. Podcasts are not a visual medium, but I do want to mention the kind of the color difference between our cocktails mm-hmm. because mine came out such an insane color. Like it is almost like magenta. It is bright, bright pink, red. And it's just based on like where I got my oranges versus where you guys were able to get some blood oranges. But it's kind of fun to see like almost a regional difference between what our cocktails look like. Yeah, and I had like the hardest time finding actual blood oranges. Like it, I did too. Actually, so I ended up, uh, but I did find a good like blood orange juice to work with. So it worked out. Jess, you put blood in the cocktail. Just don't stop (laughs) trying to hide it. Okay. Oh yeah. You guys didn't? Fuck. Her husband's right next to her on the floor, just bleeding. 
<laughs> Halloween's a magical time of year. It is. Sure fucking is. The bodies <laughs> hit the floor. Um, so I want to talk, like, I want to jump into this music that we are uh, listening to with our cocktails. Um, I got to be honest, I was never really into goth rock growing up. Um, what about you guys? Like, what's your um, background with the genre? Mm, I think I heard, uh, let's see, what did I hear first? I probably heard, I think I probably heard A Forest by The Cure first. That was probably like the first real goth song I heard when I was pretty young. If you haven't heard that one, folks, it's a banger. Check it out. Yeah, I feel like I kind of worked backwards towards this. It was like, I knew The Cure, like New Order, Mm -hmm. um, you know, these kind of gloomy rock bands, a lot of them British (laughs) um, for a reason. and then kind of like work i'd never listened to this album i don't even think i've listened to Bauhaus before um but and i think we may have all had the same experience when i put on this album i was like holy shit i hear so many bands in this album like (laughs) it's crazy Mm -hmm. how influential it is for like something i didn't even quite know about yeah same i think i think the cure was probably my first exposure to it and then yeah, yeah, Anthony. Anthony heard the "She Wants Revenge," right? And, oh yeah, oh, no, that's the yes, thing. Like, absolutely. I was listening to this, and you know, uh, I think that um, what I listened to that kind of like touched on the fringes of goth rock was kind of like the mid two thousands post punk revival. So like Interpol, "She Wants Revenge," mm-hmm. like yeah, those totally. bands that just kind of like had that same sort of affect. They weren't as gloomy, but I definitely heard like a lot of the angst. Um, from from these bands um also the way like the vocals oh yeah totally yeah they're pulling from peter murphy and ian curtis of joy division Mm -hmm. for sure Mm -hmm. oh absolutely also joy division was a band that i never got into i just knew like oh yeah every every girl that i had a crush on in college like had a joy division shirt or poster (laughs) in her (laughs) in her dorm room like um or or just like uh oh my god uh that had to be a 500 days of summer like um soundtrack item wasn't it uh joy division or was that mostly the smiths probably mostly the smiths i don't remember joy division but but it sounds right you know it's that era it's it's that 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 era of like artsy disaffected men looking for their manic pixie dream girl (laughs) to come in to come and fix their whole life (laughs) looking for that infinite playlist partner Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> there is like some weird correlation with like feeling that kind of mumblecore indie film, like burst that happened in like the mid late two thousands and mm-hmm. that sort of music because it was always like no one understands me and that's very much what a lot of these lyrics and bands sound like but I'm not saying that in a bad way necessarily because I do identify with it a lot and I can put these albums on repeat and not get sick of them so I don't know what that says about me but (laughs) (laughs) you're a Nora here's the thing like i i won't sit here and and defend like a whole lot of these uh these films and these stories that came from that time but nick and nora's infinite playlist through some cosmic accident is associated with me and good luck i've seen that movie like maybe 20 times and literally every single time i watch that movie something good happens to me immediately afterwards incredibly unbranded for you (laughs) um, <laughs> I don't. I think I noticed it around like the fifth time, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, this is a sacred film." <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, dude. No, you've you've created like an energy bond between that. So now every time you're watching it, you're putting like this good mm. karma out in the world, and you're it's like a self fulfilling prophecy <laughs> for yourself. Also, that soundtrack is dope. Or in in your um, intro when you were giving like the rundown of the band, um, and you you were mentioning their influences. A big thing that I found interesting was like the really unique bass lines. And that felt yes. like they were really pulling from other cultures, not in a bad way, but, you know, like you're saying like dub or like reggae, whatever. There really is so much happening in here. And I think because of that, the album's a little bit chaotic, but I yes. like the chaos. It feels mm-hmm. like unpredictable and it feels like raw human emotion. You know, it's not a cohesive, overproduced album. It's very much like these are all my feelings and I need to get them out somehow. And here it is. Exactly. It's like more about creating a mood in a space and just like sonic terror, which is what industrial is so much about, where it's not even necessarily how pummeling it is. It's just how much you can create a sense of brooding sense of terror like that song. So my favorite song is Small Talk Stinks, (laughs) which perfectly captures what to me and I'm sure to what a lot of people feel, you know, what small talk feels like, which is just like chaotic flurry of dumb sounds and sonic yeah, terror kind of just at like the same time you're kind of just like pelting like the facade of a building like you're not actually <laughs> getting through it it's just like everything that you're throwing at it just kind of bounces off like how do we get past that hard shell and like get to the meat of of you know what we're doing here yeah. well i was gonna say like i think you like building on what you said about space yeah like i think it was when we were talking about vampire week and how they're really good at creating like a sense of space mm-hmm. um i think this album is I don't know they they do it in a very different way but it it does create like a all these sounds are like so disconnected and everything but it comes together yes. to make, I don't know listening to it I get images of like this dark gloomy industrial city where like everything's very bleak no one's getting out um but they definitely create that with all the sounds in there which I think is very intentional obviously but um yeah. I I wanted I, I wanted to kind of connect that to how I think that like goth rock um influenced grunge in the pacific northwest because Mm -hmm. the weather here is very similar to how it is in england and it can be like that like dude everyone's always like oh seattle it rains so much it's not the rain the rain's not a problem the problem is not seeing the sun for seven to ten days and you can never tell what time it is because there's always just an overcast grayness happening so it could be one o'clock in the afternoon it could be 8 p.m it could be 6 a.m you don't know everything kind of like feels very strange it's like you're disassociating nothing quite makes sense and that's kind of the feeling i get from this album as well physical manifestations of depression yeah seriously Mm -hmm. it really is i kind of want to take that one step further um so i was reading an interview um with peter murphy where um he was he was asked why they named the band after bauhaus 1919 and he said it's because of the stylistic implications and associations um so notably that school popularized the idea that form and function in art should be in harmony and that's what he was referring Mm to um so how do you see that playing out in the music that we're hearing like do you think that that is is really coming together with goth rock and with uh and with bauhaus it it definitely evokes Mm. a feeling i'd have to say yeah totally like the sounds it like when I first was listening to the album, it was like sunny outside. It was still summer. It was like, it was a whole different vibe than what I was actually listening to. But the the music kind of 
fucked up my week. And it feels but like, like in, a good, <laughs> in, a, in a good way, but the music itself definitely like um, dictated what I was going to be feeling the rest of the day. And, and it feels like uh, fall came in full force today. I mean, for, yeah. for those of for our listeners, today is the first day in L.A. that it has rained um, this year oh, or like this LA. season. <laughs> good for us. Yes, good for us. But it's overcast outside. It's a little bit dismal, but it's kind of great. Like it's it's setting the mood perfectly. Like I feel like everything surrounding the topic and and the and the drink it's all in perfect harmony. Yeah, exactly. It's funny to think like that makes sense, but thinking of this album in relation to perfect harmony almost doesn't like, I don't think of perfect harmony at all when I think of this album, but I, but in, in regard to what you're saying, that makes sense. Well, I think sometimes discord can be harmonic if that makes sense. Like if that's the intention, right? Um, like, you know, you look at their aesthetic, like these guys look like vampires in 2005 when they, they were at Coachella, like, uh, Peter Murphy was lowered from the rafters upside down, like over uh, his, uh, uh, yeah, over, over his microphone, like a, like a freaking vampire. Like it's all yeah. just everything about them just creates this, this mood of despair and angst and, and he truly lives for the drama drama. That's mm-hmm. the perfect word. That's why it's so great when you have people who don't, who are more like um, maybe performance artists or are involved in like theater or are more concerned with the art movements. You get so much more interesting results. Like mm-hmm. I'd mentioned in the mm-hmm. intro, this guy didn't have any, never written a song in his life. He's just like working at a printing factory, Peter Murphy, that is. <laughs> and he's like, hey, you know, sure, I'll give it a go. And he goes out and then it's like the most interesting thing anyone's ever seen. And you know, like in terms of the theatricality, not a lot going on like that before i mean you have people kind of experimenting with certain thing like dark themes dark themes have been around forever you know i think it makes Um, i think it makes all those choices much more meaningful yeah like impactful exactly and he he like said in another interview where he's like oh what you know i think he said something about the british in general about being able to take so many different influences and absorb them and create something completely new from it you know like colonialism (laughs) yeah true true Um, and on that note (laughs) yeah yeah all right i think we're like coming to the end of our time here it's it's getting close to last call but it looks like yeah oh no i still haven't finished this cocktail it is it is so smooth and yet like oh boy it is it is messing up my morning i've had two Oh, so I heard that you wanted to do a little segment. Do we want to do that first? I think we should do it first, especially since this last call, and this is a very good last call drink. Okay. I'm, Great. I'm so, just okay, tell so. Me, just tell me what to do. Okay, so I had Pedro pick up some Underbergs. Oh, no. Know, I, I remember when you for, made me do this. <laughs> oh, my God, Anthony, I made you do this? Yeah, we, like, went out to that, that one, like, tap room, and we you were to, like, we, we got to do Browers. Underbergs. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm so excited. So, y'all are in California. I don't know what the bar scene is like in L.A., but at least in San Francisco. um, Well, just in general. Let's back up for a second. Um, Amaro is a really big bartender's drink. Um, It's great for cocktails, for adding dimension in a cocktail, but the purpose of an Amaro is a digestif. So you have one at the end of the night to help you, like, digest all your food and be able to like go to sleep comfortably in this case up in seattle we do underbergs which um is a little tiny bottle um 
that it's technically bitters, so you can purchase these if you're under 21 because technically they don't have, like, based on the volume and the alcohol level, um, the way you could buy, like, Angostura bitters and you don't have to be 21. Um, But this comes in a little bottle, and we shoot it because, uh, I don't know, we're, like, masochists. And um, (laughs) uh, so, like, in San Francisco, all the bartenders do Fernet. In Seattle, we all do Underbergs. And it's particularly popular in the beer industry because... Beer makes you full, right? So the goal is to do an Underberg, help you digest a little bit so you can keep on drinking. Beautiful. I love that it comes in a little bag. Like I'm going to just be walking down the street (laughs) with little, little like uh, travel size of Mickey's. (laughs) (laughs) It's a mini bar Mickey. Exactly. So um, we always give it a little bit of a shake to kind of mix up all the um, herbs that are in there. Twist it off. And then we're going to shoot it straight from the bottle. Um, For those who haven't done an Underberg, the best way to get through it, and personally, I like the flavor of Underberg. It's really intensely herbaceous, a lot of black licorice notes, so sorry in advance. Um, And to get through it, remember it's nine and a half chugs, so you can always count if you're not enjoying it, and hold it at a 45 degree angle for the best um, shooting purposes. (laughs) Beautiful. All right. Are we ready? I think we're ready. Are you going to count us down? Cheers through the screen. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, Cheers. Cheers. Oh, my. Oh, man. I feel that all over my that body. nine and a half. Wow. Whew. Holy shit. I've Damn. been doing this. Um, also, the a little phrase at the bottom of the bottle says, to feel bright and alert. So we can feel tackle the rest of our day, friends. We're feeling bright and alert. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have to go oh, to work yeah. now. <laughs> I have to go to work. <laughs> Oh man! But before we it, go to it work, feels like some Jägermeister just like fucking got his friends and kicked my ass. <laughs> yeah, but better than Jäger. Jäger's nasty. Yeah, that's for true. <sighs> so, but before we uh, we Ooh. we tackle the rest of our day, we still have to play our favorite game, and that yeah. game is hashtag mood. Hey, uh, well, one of you gentlemen hold up Mrs. Potts so that Jess can see this monstrosity. Actually, Mrs. Potts. I cannot is wait the most to see goth. her. Can I see it's her? It's the most goth thing of this. <laughs> it's so Bauhaus got into the studio having never worked with Clay before, and they made a uh, a replica of Mrs. Potts, <laughs> and now she serves as our arbiter She's of a moods. Icon. She is <laughs> truly. When I texted Drew last night with my suggestions, I called her the deformed teapot, and I think I was right. Oh yeah, no, you right on. That sounds like a Bauhaus song. <laughs> deformed teapot. <laughs> <The> deformed teapot. <laughs> Coming soon. We'll see you on about. All right. So what we're gonna do is we're going to take the hat off Mrs. Potts, and inside are a bunch of pre-written moods. Each of us is going to take one of those moods, and we are going to create a Spotify playlist of four songs to go along with them. So who wants to go first? Ladies first, I think. Guests? Okay, yeah, maybe it will be less intimidating if I go first. All right, so just so you know, <laughs> we have we have sent Jess her, her mood. We have chosen it for her and sent it to her since she cannot physically reach <laughs> through this broken screen and grab Mrs. Potts. Thankfully, the carrier for, pigeon got there today. <laughs> for the auditors at KPMG and Ernst & Young, <laughs> we've done this properly. We've abided by all the rules. <laughs> all right, Jess, take it away. All right. You've been chosen to participate in a beta version of Facebook's new dating service, which allows you to choose eight quote-unquote crushes. <laughs> If one of them also chooses you, you're each notified. 
you choose a, a former high school teacher. Oh, no. <laughs> Classes, they say, is back in session. <laughs> Which one of you monsters wrote this? <laughs> That's Ryan. That's Ryan. <laughs> So this is a strange one, something that's really hard to match some moods to. But what I immediately think of is my senior year of high school, there was a uh, like substitute teacher who came in for one of my teachers. It was like a computer animation class or something super random. The and sub is how you do was it. Smoking. Like he clearly had like just gone out of college or like this is his first like teaching gig or whatever. And he hadn't given up yet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, and this is just all over the place, but I decided to classically go with another brick in the wall because like at that point, am uh, I paying attention in class? Like, am I just distracted <laughs> by the topic he's teaching? Like, wow. I don't need no education. <laughs> Very good. Um, and then, uh, the song by, uh, Benny sings called Dreamin'. Yes. Yeah, so it's very dreamy, like, am I dreaming? Like, oh, what is happening right now? <laughs> um, but then also confused by Kid Cudi, because also what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> and then going to just round it out by a song from J. Cole, uh, No Role Models. Because at this point, like, should I be excited? Should I be creeped out? Like, you, were you a role model? Were you a good teacher? Or is this just, like, disgusting? So... <laughs> Oh, to be young. I always wow. love guest moods. <laughs> Dude, that's so good. Is there uh, one more? That's no, it. That's, that's it. Four. That's wow. four. I wanted more. I wanted more. It's so good. <laughs> All right. So that's easily like a 25 song playlist. <laughs> what is, uh, which of us has the inenviable uh, position of going next? I'll, I'll go next. All okay. right. Grab it. Just because Jess and I were so close in finishing this. It was a race. All right. So uh, it's Taco Tuesday. You forgot the upside down exclamation point to start this. Whoever wrote this. You There's sell. no alliteration uh, <laughs> in Spanish. All right. It's Taco Tuesday. You celebrate the only way you know how. $5 margaritas at your local cantina. But now it's several hours later and you come to in a Van Nuys dealership parking lot without your phone or pants. <laughs> Give us a playlist that tells the story of your blackout. It actually so, sounds like Mondays. <laughs> so I went a little bit outside of this and I I guess I, I have reading comprehension problems because I didn't I said not to tell the story of it, but I decided to tell the story of the aftermath of it. So <laughs> Basically, I so we're gonna start out with King Missile's detachable penis. <laughs> which that is a classic story. It's about a guy who loses his penis. Uh, it's a K rock. It was a K rock classic back in the day. Um, so, you know, it's just it, it captures that vibe of not knowing what happened and sincerely, like, where is that? Where is it? I can't figure it out. I saw my All penis right. lying on a towel next to a broken toaster oven. Somebody was selling it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lyric from the song. And followed that, I'm going to go with Tuesday's Gone by Leonard Skinner. Because <laughs> let's face it. Cover, yeah, it's, it's gone. The day's fucking shot. Famously covered by Metallica and Garage Inc. 
Um, followed by Friendship is a Small Boat in a Storm by uh, Chicano Batman. Because <laughs> uh, in this story, I mean, you're at Taco Tuesday with people and friends, and you just end up in a dealership parking lot with no phone or pants. What kind of friends do you have that last Sophia like, probably happen? knew what happened. Yeah. <laughs> My friend Sophia would have turned the other cheek and walked out, not given a shit. So there's that. And then I'm going to end on, a, on an interesting note with one from Car Seat Headrest. Ooh. Um, the song is Los Barachos. And in parentheses, I don't have any hope left, but the weather is nice. And that's uh, certainly something you can uh, make of yourself when you're in a position like that. And you're in the beautiful town of Van Nuys, California. So. I, I really appreciate that all of your moods kind of end with a little bit of optimism. <laughs> they have to. And it would be in Spanish if you're in Van Nuys. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So that's my mood the word Van Nuys car dealership all I could think of and I don't even know if this is still a jingle on the radio but there used to be a jingle that was like keys 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 on Van Nuys <laughs> yes yes <laughs> yes I grew up with that that was the yeah the Barbara Ann keys song oh my god so good wow how did you know that did you you didn't grow you're Isoka no I don't know I just I I think I heard it on the radio one time I honestly don't know how I know that <laughs> That's crazy. She's that's such a local. <laughs> that's such a local thing. That's not like you'd only hear that in SoCal. That's wild. <laughs> Love it. I got Jess's mood, um, and the mood is getting off work on a Friday, and you actually have plans. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Guys, this was Get my night for me. <laughs> Eight p.m. and I'm like, oh shit! Like, what am I about to do tonight? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> So, yeah, that, like, Friday nights like that are exciting. That's the most exciting thing. Um, so I'm imagining I'm, I'm probably at work uh, at the moment, just, you know, working that 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton. Like, what a way to make a living. And I'm just waiting to clock out. Hell yeah. I'm just waiting for, for 5 o'clock to come through. And then it does. And I just got paid. It's Friday night. Ooh. But I'm talking about the NSYNC cover. <laughs> From No Strings Attached. Oh, wow. And so I'm ready to go. So I go home and I got my friends with me and we're getting ready. We're getting that, the nails, hair, hips, heels by Todger Call. And we're fucking, we're ready to go. We're strutting. We're going to, we're going to catch us a, a man's tonight. And I mean, <laughs> since I woke up, I've just been waiting for tonight by Jennifer Lopez. Wow. What a playlist. <laughs> Could you have envisioned that from writing that moon, Jess? Y yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. I, I, I imagine it would be the exact same. <laughs> I, think, I think me and Jess never met because we're literally the same person. No, yeah. Like, and if we ever meet in person, like our realities will just collapse. Mm -hmm. it'd, be yeah. a weird, it'd be a weird black hole would just show up and everything would be destroyed. It would be the Berenstein universe. It's a good thing you live in another state. <laughs> All right, I gotta bring up the rear. Okay, <clears throat> so my mood. Bring up the hot. <laughs> oh wow. Um, yeah. So this is this is uh, quite the mood. Here we go. <clears throat> You're halfway into the Grizzly River Run whitewater raft ride at Disneyland, when the ride gets stuck. You call for help, yet they they've just initiated a strike and walked out of the park. <laughs> 
It's now up to you and the family from Newberry, South Carolina to make it back to dry land alive. Score this scenario better than John Williams. Ryan, for real, what the fuck? <laughs> I imagine he's just like Hunter S. Thompson. He just, uh, yeah. he just goes into his room, snorts a bunch of cocaine down some rum, and is just like... <laughs> Yeah. And just the pen becomes possessed. He just sits at a typewriter. <laughs> just like his cigarette holder, just like puffing smoke. Oh, man. Okay. So I think I've got like a whole story for what happens here. So the first is, you know, we've been stuck for a little bit and we just realized that there's no one in the park. And, and we're not going to take it by Twisted Sister. Oh. We're going to get off this ride. <laughs> but really it's just me because i got into the single rider line because fuck all the chuds who wait in line for an hour to get on a ride and it's me and this this family from south carolina and i turn to them and and i grab the uh the matriarch by the hand and i say be my escape by reliant k (laughs) wow jeez my favorite part of that song is the end (laughs) <laughs> with the little piano. Oh, I thought you meant when it's over. No, no, no. no, 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 no literally, like, the very end when it's just the piano. <laughs> Whatever happened to them? Oh, who cares? Moving on. But we're on the Grizzly River Run, and the only way out is swimming. So we're going to band together, and we're going to become a swim team by Arms and Sleepers. Nice. Yes. But if you've ever been on the Grizzly River Run, it is a treacherous ride full of rapids and waterfalls and you know what toward the end we're gonna have to sacrifice one of our own to get off this ride oh Oh my god and i i push one of one of this clan to their death and by by that we are able to climb out and live but uh I'm, i'm going to pay tribute and and with sudden death in Carolina by <laughs> brand new. This person is dead right next to the emergency exit. It's like the last scene of uh, of the mist. Spoiler alert. Oh god. <laughs> the whitewater rapids run red. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Truly grisly. <laughs> Disclaimer. Just to kill for some reason. <laughs> I don't know if I'm actually capable of this, guys. I'd probably be the one to go over the falls. <laughs> Poor little eight-year-old Abernathy died because Anthony couldn't get out any other way. <laughs> Abernathy is too many syllables for somebody living in North Carolina or South Carolina. We'll go with Algernon. Algernon. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's hashtag mood. Listeners, let us know on Twitter or Instagram or wherever you follow us, which one of us you think had the best mood of the week. Hint, it was me. (laughs) Well, that sound that only we can hear means that it's last call and it's time to chug these uh, these underbergs and these uh, bloody martyrs. (laughs) And get the heck out of here. But before we do that, any sort of lingering thoughts? What what do you guys think about Bauhaus, about Halloween? What are your favorite movie monsters? (laughs) Billy Butcherson from Hocus Pocus. That is the only answer. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to follow that. No, No, I thought that this was a really good album to kind of take on because 
Um, for a lot of people may not be familiar with them. Hopefully this is kind of giving some insight to listeners and also just kind of like exposing that a lot of the most influential bands aren't that well known. So kind of like to step outside your comfort zone and like do your research and do your history. I know that sounds nerdy as fuck, but whatever. And you know, you get to like evolve and understand and really like put music in its place in terms of like maybe the bands you love a lot. You had no idea that they were influenced by these dudes from the seventies or the eighties. So I really enjoyed it. Again, I thought it was like a really fun, emotional, raw, chaotic album. Made me super excited for spooky season. Um, and yeah, thanks Ryan for like pitching this because it was really fun to yeah. build. Oh, good. Yeah. Ditto to all of that. Yes. Um, I, I wanted to cap it off just uh, with a quote from postpunk.com who did a really good video on the 40 year anniversary of Bella Lugosi's dead. And he basically said that Bella Lugosi's dead is Freebird or stairway to heaven for goths. And I <laughs> love that. Yes. Any, any other thoughts, Ryan or, or Pedro? I think Jess summed it up pretty perfectly to be honest. Beautiful. Uh, let me down this. And, uh, I think I think that's it for us today. Thank you for coming on, Jazz. Thank you so much. Yeah, despite all of our technical difficulties, thank you for being here. Oh my god, thank you guys so much for having me. So before we go, Jess, do you have anything to plug this week? I absolutely do. Um, my podcast, Cheers to Beers. You can get it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, listen, rate, subscribe. If you're a real one, maybe you'll do that. But the whole thing of my podcast is. Um, you're drinking a beer with friends. Maybe you don't know these friends yet, but maybe also at the same time you're home alone and you just stopped by your bottle shop. Maybe you went to a local brewery, picked up like a crowler or some bottles and you just want someone to drink with. So that's what we do. And um, it's a really good time. My latest episode gets kind of technical in terms of like wild beer, but I also have some other guests that are just friends hanging out. So give a listen if you want to learn more about beer or if you just want some friends to hang out with while you're drinking beer. Um, also, you can follow me on Instagram at JessJessBeer. And also give Seattle Beer School a follow at Seattle Beer School. I know maybe a lot of people don't live in Seattle that are listening to this, but we always put really fun content up and um, just a fun way to like get to know more about beer if you're interested in it. Sweet. Beautiful. And if you need more friends to drink with on your pod, I mean, you have three right here. Hey. We don't have to let this party die. We should do it. <laughs> Hell yeah. We are down. Yeah, talk to talk to our agent. Uh, that's that's Drew. He's right over there. Professor <laughs> Producer Drew Bear. Pro- Professor Producer Drew Bear. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast. Be sure to follow us on all of our socials. That's at Atwood Magazine on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and also Tunes and Tumblers. And if you've got anything that you want to tell us specifically, hit us up on tunesandtumblerspod at gmail.com. We love getting emails from y'all and responding to them. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by our lovely producer, Drew Franzblau. Our theme song is Longing by Joaquim Karud. Cheers. 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 It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 